Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Lady Weave Cafe. We're going to go ahead and get into some anime, manga, or some healthcare um, if we're feeling up to it. Uh, but stay tuned after the start and commercial. We'll get into one of those or maybe something else. But see you after the break. So we're back after the commercial break. Um, I was trying to think of actually which subject I wanted to touch on um, about, you know, Yoshi P, one of the um, one of the producers of like Final Fantasy who (laughs) for Final Fantasy 16 um, explained that their medieval theme I'm laughing in like, good Lord, um, in this because it just, it doesn't make any sense. Explain that, you know, the team wanted, wanted the game to be historically accurate, which is just like the biggest cop out I can think of because you're your game franchise, first of all, is named Final Fantasy. Um, Final Fantasy. Like, sure, there can be some realism in fantasy, but this is also a series that has 16, with the one that's coming out next year, 16 mainline entries that feature, like, summons... Moogles, humanoid races that they've created, by the way, like humanoid races, like different monsters. Sometimes it's like half steampunk, half rural, some middle medieval mixed in there. Then all of a sudden there will be a spaceship and it's or an airship. And I just, that is the hugest cop-out to basically say, oh, well, you know, um, the trailer for, like, 16 looks, you know, very Caucasian because we wanted it to be historically accurate. And I'm like, nah, nah, because there were a lot of, well, not a lot, but there were, some other races and ethnicities in the Middle Ages. And actually, since the Middle Ages um, was about the same time as the Crusades, um, I remember, I don't remember a lot from history class, but I do remember that I think the Middle Ages, they think of like Europe one, I think the first and the third crusade, and then like the Middle Eastern and Moors and basically like browner black people that they were fighting. One, all the other ones. Um, yeah, so 
And it's not like we haven't had people of color um, in the titles before. Now, I can't say really for one through six since I didn't play those, but I could speak from seven on. And actually, Final Fantasy VII had such a big impact for me because not only was there like this kind of aloof soldier cloud then you have his best friend who I mean just has like fists of iron she's beating people up and using a dolphin fist and crap but then you've also got Barrett who is a loving father to who's like this six foot tall rowdy black guy who has a gun for an arm first of all Yes, he's like yelling and cursing, but he also is the leader of an eco-terrorist group who's trying to bring attention and get rid of the electric company that is bleeding the planet dry. Now for me, um, in the late 90s, I had not seen that type of character in like any video game I've seen. Because black people were always shown as sure angry, but like just either expendable or whatever. Like he's one of the mean characters. He has, and in that game, he had like his own character arc that you saw with um, him and I think his best friend ending up in prison together. I don't remember why. Um, and then they had differences about how they were going to do the eco-terrorism, why they went into it, because their poor mining town just went out of business um, because of Shinra Electric Company. And then either you had to work for them or you were just going to be broke um, in this dirty little mining town. And then since Barrett and Dane had differences, I remember there was like a pretty poignant thing of cutscene of Barrett trying to save Dane on the cliff and then that's how he loses his hand and then he promises to look after Dane's daughter little Marlene because you also wonder like Marlene doesn't really look a whole lot like Barrett but um, then it comes out it's like it's actually Dane's daughter but he's looking after him and she doesn't really remember her father really at all Um, but Barrett's her dad and that's what she knows and that's how he reads her. And as soon as that little girl like shows up anywhere, she pretty much turns him into a big teddy bear, as most little girls do the, their dad. But that was like really nice to see, you know. And then you also have a good father figure, a very good father figure in Saz in Final Fantasy 13, who risks it all, risks it all to try and save his son. I think they both end up becoming, let's see, Dodge is crystallized and crystallized and kept somewhere, trying to save him and all that jazz. Um, And I know there have been other black characters in the game too. And I mean, for God's sake, like in Final Fantasy XII, one of my favorite characters was Fran and she is a humanoid rabbit called a Viera 
which 90% of Vieira apparently are ladies um, in provocative looking outfits wearing stilettos, but are all warrior women and trained to like fight. And then apparently the 10% of the males are keeping track of the perimeter somewhere, or at least that's how it was explained in the war. But her best friend is like a freaking sky pirate. I'm like, that's pretty dope. But you can have that, but for some reason you can't have like, I don't know, like a Mexican lady in armor in like Final Fantasy 16 or something, you know? And then even in 14, they did have more POC characters, but then some of them were whitewashed, like Yashtola, who actually her skin tone and stuff, I guess, had been darker, but then gradually as new versions came out, she became lighter. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? You know, people have been playing this game since like version one. They notice things. Oh, it's like, oh gosh. And especially since um, more video games have become not only about the story, but also about how you can kind of see yourself in the game. That's why there's been more about like customization and kind of building your own character and making a character that kind of looks or feels like you go through this story that you're playing through. Um, Which I think is really cool. And I know Final Fantasy kind of has always been like this grand fantasy, basically like the players um, or ensemble against like a grander fate. That's pretty much a overarching thing for a lot of them. Um, but unfortunately over the years and even in recent years has had a real problem with diversity and even women because as much as I love like Final Fantasy 15 with like the boys trip it's also a boys trip and you do meet like some ladies who like guest characters and kind of have some auxiliary roles but then they're only part of your party for a short time and then they leave and then you don't really talk about them anymore (laughs) and even the one who is supposed to have like her own I think add-on DLC Lucifreya I think who's Noctis's um which I may have said that wrong Lucifreya um Noctis's fiance that was canceled and then even her role is basically to be in sacrificed as his fiance and I'm like wow And then one of the coolest characters, a dragoon named Arcana, she mainly only has a role in the Prompto DLC if you bought it. Otherwise, you fight her as a boss slightly, and then she shows up in like one, maybe two other portions from what I remember, and then you don't see her again. And then even, I think, Gladio's sister she ends up traveling with you for a little bit. Um, but then, you know, she doesn't show up again either. So it's just like, and then... Because I'm sure, you know, I haven't mentioned Cindy. Um, Sid's niece or granddaughter, whatever she is. She um, is the one who mainly performs maintenance on your car. And she's wearing, like, the short shorts jacket with like zip down to the navel and then just like bikini top 
and then has a southern accent for whatever. So they made sure to include a southern accent. But for the one woman who's like a fairly constant, I'm like showing a fair amount of skin all the time, pretty much. And then I think there's another one um, who kind of informs you of summons and she's not quite human. Um, Because I want to say she worked with like the dogs. I can't remember that woman's name, but I know she was in Prompto's story as well. She's blind. But she like mainly gets cryptic messages. And it seems like the women are there mainly to do a service. The cryptic messages are like play a little part and then they go away. And I get that it's mainly like the four guys story, mainly Noctis's story. But I'm like, no other women. All right. That's, that's what we're doing in Final Fantasy number 15. And then 16, it looks like there's going to be one lady, maybe. Maybe. Um, and then not really any people of color. But then I saw an article um, titled, like, on the Gamer, titled, How Fire Emblems Engage, um, the Fire Emblem that's supposed to come out next year, How Fire Emblems Engages Black Characters Slowly on the Game. This was published two days ago by Gerald Levy. Um, And it looks like it actually has, like, two obviously black characters that are like outspoken it looks like they actually have a role um and seem to have like some charisma and that's what I like about games like Fire Emblem what's another one um Harvestella that came out this year you can make a character basically that looks kind of like you it can be non-binary male female um and then what's that one I was playing the other day? It was like Potion Maker, I think. Something like that on the Nintendo Switch where you can make a character pretty much look like you, get some different hairstyles. Um, and then they had different characters of different ethnicities in that game too. Because like the police chief was black. Um, his wife, I think, was too. And then there were like some dotted other characters too in addition to like prominent women in the town and it was like a bustling little town I'm like that's cool but I think more games and you see like audiences want that they want to be represented and they want they want to have characters look like them and to see that yeah I can be in fantasy yeah I can be in sci-fi that's not weird at all and I don't have to be like the black character I can just be one of the few or one of the many you know and that you know would be nice to see more of instead of being told like it's not historically accurate when we all know it's definitely not and you could chalk that up to you know Japan being kind of isolationist and but I mean Final Fantasy doesn't have an excuse because A, they've been in business way too long for that. And B, 
and for me most notably you can make like different races like i said like moogles viera um oh what are those banga you make these like different races of like all these humanoid creatures that speak english or speak whatever language that's been translated in but like you know I don't know, like an Indian paladin or something. Or like, you know, a Hispanic mage like that. That's weird. That's somehow not historically accurate. Okay. All right. Okay. But I will, I think I am definitely going to check out more about Fire Emblem Engage. And then um, I've been focusing on my Final Fantasy XIV game because that... Yeah, you have to pay to play it, but because um, it's a subscription. But I also make a character that looks like me, and there are a whole bunch of other people who make characters that look like them or whatever they want them to look like in all sorts of shades and colors. And that's the good thing about Final Fantasy XIV. The customization is like way off the charts. They got different ways, races, different colors. You love it, and it's funny to like come from a game like that. <laughs> Where you can basically like make your own warrior of light and have like your own story and be ingrained in like this cool your own story through like several expansions too. No, but um that's not historically accurate though. So I just find it very interesting. So I would I would check those games out. Um like I said, Final Fantasy XIV, if I would do the free trial, I think they have up through the second expansion. And then if you like it, um, then you can see if you got the, the coins for the subscription. Um, if you don't want those, I know Potion, Potion Maker was on Nintendo Switch. And I think it's also on Steam and PC. It was, um, I want to say like $20, either $20 or $30. Um, but it's a fun little game. Um, it's like a very good casual game. You make potions. You're the local town alchemist trying to protect and save the town. Um, because apparently the pre the previous alchemist or potion maker just completely jacked up the ecosystem. And that's why no one trusts you at first. Um, and then Fire Emblem Engage. I think honestly the Fire Emblem games recently are seen to be doing a better job of diversity. Um, than the Final Fantasy games. But um, I'm going to check out the Engage. I have to watch some more trailers on that. Uh, because since it's Fire Emblem, it's always like at a premium. Um, and then I guess whatever other games that may let you customize. Like I think the game I mentioned earlier about the male, female, non-binary was Harvestella. Which, oddly enough, is from Square Enix. And you're going to tell me you can make a game that has like different skin tones. You can make someone non-binary, but then in your mainline game... Final Fantasy, we can't, we can't, we can't figure that out. But okay, that's belaboring the point. Um, and then I'm trying to think of another one offhand, but I can't. So those those are examples I have. Um, so I'll try and not have a preachy episode next week. Just a fun, it'll probably be about some manga because I'm reading a couple titles um, that I'd like to share with you all and then of course one of my all-time favorites i'm probably going to reread it again just for shits and giggles so have a great week everyone
Bye-bye.